Hello everybody, welcome here. It is Nicole from Sincerely Nicole Rose and today it is finally the first conversation that I promised I'd be having and I'm with my wonderful friend Simone. Oh, awesome. Nicole, this is amazing. It's such a privilege to be talking to you today. This is an amazing space that I love to be a part of. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Simone Mayer, but you can just call me Sim for short. <laughs> it is such a privilege to be here today. So why don't you tell us a bit more about who you are and what you do, and then we'll dive into the topic. Awesome. Well, firstly, I'm 23, and I'm I'm married to my best friend for the last four months. So I'm a wife. So I'm very passionate about people and mostly mental health. Um, but I'm a psychological counselor on a serious note. And I'm in the process of starting up my own mental health service and blog, whereby I can just help individuals gain mental freedom, discover who they are, um, as well as to tell them that their current state of mind does not define um, them now or where they're going next in their life. Yo, that's good, Sim. That's so good. <laughs> so having her on here, I decided the best thing for us to talk about considering it's COVID-19, we're all at home and while we are safe, it is hard. I wanted to have someone on who actually knows about mental health. And when I thought about it, I was like, oh, Sim is the best person for this. Because man, Sim, you're just so encouraging. <laughs> like she Thanks so much, Nicole. She messages me and I'm just like, yes, I'm good. I appreciate this. I feel like I can do this again. So now that I've like broken this down, we're going to just, we're going to talk about anxiety. We're going to talk about depression and sh um, we're going to just chat about the topics, break them down, what they look like, what they are. And then I feel like what would be really great is Sim's going to, Give us a few tips on how to deal with them, how to recognize them when they do pop up so we can actually look after ourselves. Okay. Definitely. I think first, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, before I jump, before you jump in, um, just a bit more about myself, if you don't mind. Yes, um, I, I have, um, so I completed my degree in psychology and then I did my honours in psychological counselling. And throughout the four, I, I love this, I love that we get to talk about these topics during mm -hmm. the, this like time that we're going through. But um, throughout the last four years, I've done a lot of courses and experience in crisis counseling trauma counseling as well as addiction counseling and um over the last year actually i've been privileged to work at an awesome school where i got to work with kids dealing with anxiety depression peer pressure as well as like career guidance so i think um it's not a coincidence i'm so grateful that i get to be in a space where i can actually talk into something like anxiety and depression and i'm so grateful um that i've been going through all this training and equipping and like empowering in the last couple of years leading up to this point so i just thought i would pop that in there if you don't mind man that's amazing this is why you're here <laughs> and also you're just awesome but <laughs> Your history is definitely amazing because it actually gives you a space from education, from authority to speak into people and actually give them advice and let them know how to and what to do. I'm a big advocate for professional help. No, definitely. Yeah. That's awesome. Great. Well, let's, um, do you want to kick off with anxiety yeah, or depression first? Which one? Let's kick off with anxiety. I think we'll start there because I think that's a lot more pressing to a lot of people right now. Yeah. Um, no, definitely. So what is anxiety? 
I know that like how I've experienced it, it's, I have GAD, so it tends to lean for me towards like feeling panicky, things I don't know stress me out. And it just, it comes and goes for me, especially in more stressful times. And I experience it as like panicky, insomnia, not feeling so good. But what is it actually? Like what is anxiety? Well, oh, I, I like, I might even get emotional and be super real, but that's one thing you all need to know about me. I'm very authentic um, <laughs> and can get very vulnerable. So if I do stand, like do cry or something during this session, just forgive me. But okay. I, that's why I think I really do. This is my calling um, for when it comes to this stuff. But um, just looking at anxiety, well, we all know it's a mental disorder that's characterized by feelings like worry, panic, fear, stress. Um, but the thing is, what makes anxiety so serious, it, it interferes with one's daily activities. And I believe anxiety eats away from one's mental freedom. It's like being trapped in a cage and all you do all day long is fight to get out. And that's how I see anxiety. Um, and I think like, you know, Nicole, it can be a very lonely place that mm. often leads to snowballing where your mind is constantly thinking um, and you don't really find a way or know how to shut down. Yeah. And the thing is, when there's anxiety, there's no peace. Mm. And often I get so like I get so worked up when people left, right and center use the term anxiety mm -hmm. um, maybe in a wrong aspect or perspective yeah and because it's such a serious thing and when those have truly been diagnosed or have been struggling with this for months or years or just maybe weeks mm -hmm. or even in this couple of times you get to know the seriousness of mm -hmm. um, anxiety and I really do hope that after this pandemic we're going through on the other side people will actually realize and have new respect for for individuals who's been struggling with something like anxiety for the last couple of years um, but mostly I think it can become a place where you feel seriously alone but I also believe that we weren't meant to live a life that's filled with worry stress fear and panic so just referring to like yeah who adds like a day to his life by worrying Definitely. Says like a chronic warrior, but I mean, it's there. That's why I love talking to you because of the fact that you have so much experience in this <laughs> firsthand. Um, but even just referring to yourself or clients I've worked with before, mm -hmm. I've realized over and over again that anxiety paralyzes people from living, yeah. from dreaming, from doing. And the scary thing is these days, children from a very young age struggles with anxiety. Mm -hmm. This not only affects obviously their development, um, but I see anxiety as a thief, like robbing them from their ability to enjoy being a child, playing sport, doing well at school, having friends, going to parties and participating in things like plays, orals. But yeah. mostly I do believe for adults and children, um, like anxiety steals your confidence mm -hmm. and it replaces your confidence with fear and doubt and unbelief that you're purely not good enough. Um, and you feel rejected. I think anxiety, oh yeah, that's, I'm not going to say much, but I hope I really just touched down on, on anxiety to the core. And man, you touched on something in there that like really gets my goat when I see people doing it online and they're just like, oh, I'm feeling anxious. Oh, and they'll put yeah. like anxiety between asterisks yeah. and make out like it's this really cute thing. And they'll put mental health syndromes and not syndromes, but mental health illnesses in there Same like much. that. And it's just, it's yeah. not cute. And it's not, no. and if, 
if you are struggling, you actually, you should be reaching out to somebody instead of trying to make it appear to be cute or trendy. Like, and I think that's that's so powerful what you just said. And I think that's the thing. Like, we'll speak now about, like, how you can cope with anxiety. But mm-hmm. if you you actually need to know what anxiety is before you can self-diagnose. And don't ever self-diagnose people. If you're don't. listening to this, please don't Google. Don't Google your symptoms. Like, what's up, Nicole? DM Nicole. DM me. But do not self-diagnose. Because I think that can get such a – that's a scary place. Yeah. Um, that actually leads to more anxiety. I think self-diagnosing like diagnosing actually causes more anxiety than anything so, else. So, like, when so stay when away I from started, that. I, like, I didn't know anything about mental health. I, like, I fell in through a nervous breakdown. So, I was like, I don't know what anxiety is. I don't know what depression is. I don't know what I'm feeling. And instead of Googling my symptoms, I went to a psychologist. And they actually offer you a lot of comfort. And um, this is something not a lot of people know about. But if you are underprivileged in South Africa and you are struggling, the government has made it possible for you to have a few sessions with a psychologist. So when you book an appointment and go and see one, ask her about it because it will help you at least get a diagnosis. And if you need medication, it'll help them establish what you need to be on. So while you might not be able to go there full time and you would go there for your like core sessions and go to a counselor, someone like Sim for like more regular sessions. It's really important. Like don't pick and choose and guess what you have. And I think that is, that's, that's what really stirred my heart. I think that that's what was started to break my heart because of the fact that um, there's so many people out there that can't afford to go see a psychologist or um, lots of cultures and traditional ways stand Mm -hmm. in your way of actually going there. And that's when I started getting this dream of starting up um, this healthcare service that I'm in the Mm -hmm. process of launching very soon. I'm very excited, but really just to create a space where people, even if they just want to figure out who they are or when they're confused or the way they purely want someone to listen to like mm-hmm. and that's what I'm trying to do so even with that I think that's so cool Nicole there's so many different options out there and mm-hmm. um I've even I'm busy creating a space where I can refer people to because um we can't help everyone and that's the that's the thing I never want anyone to can't be in contact with me and I have to say sorry like I can't help you bye mm-hmm. um because that's one thing if you if you forget everything we say during this session um one thing don't forget what I'm going to say right now is you are not alone. And you're going to hear me saying this throughout the next few minutes, but you are not alone. And so you do not have to struggle alone. And there's so many options out there that will actually suit you, not only your personality, um, Mm -hmm. but also your disorder, if you want to call it that or your, yeah. No, that's so, oh man, that's so true and so important. Cause I know like for myself, my first instinct is always just to isolate. And like, it's, it's never the answer. Being alone isn't going to make you safer. People are there to support you and to help you through this, especially people who know what they're talking about. 100%. I completely agree with that. So just if you, um, do you want me to just touch on like uh, just some coping mechanisms and skills when dealing with anxiety, especially during this time? Yeah, I think that'd be really, really great just to give people some practical tips because a lot of people will be feeling anxious for the first time. And if you're anything like me, when it hit me for the first time, I was like, I don't know what this is. It feels awful. And I think I'm going to die. Yeah. And, um, and I would never want someone to feel that way. No. And, um, yeah. But I think that's the, that's the difficult thing about anxiety is everyone has different triggers and like, I'm, I can't compare my anxiety with your anxiety and you can't compare your anxiety with someone yeah. else's. And we're saying that, 
therefore the, like coping skills and mechanisms might mm-hmm. seem different mm-hmm. from one person to the other so what might work for you might not work for me mm-hmm. and so and that's why something like counseling or therapy or psychology whatever you want to call it or label it is so important because when you have that one-on-one or even a group therapy session yeah. they really do hear your heart hear your struggles and try and meet you where you're at mm-hmm. you don't have to meet them where they're at um but what i would always advise like advise for young and old is to take control of your thoughts mm-hmm. like yeah. small things i'm gonna i'm gonna be so simple and be so short to the point but find things that make you happy like if it is certain music breathing techniques exercising or even something like phoning a friend mm-hmm. like this might seem also very short-term solutions but long-term when working with adults and children i always advise things like write down your worries like have little worry cards everywhere in your house in your kitchen in your bathroom in your car and as soon as those worry thoughts come into play, write them down, mm-hmm. just write it down. And then by maybe seeing a counselor or just even a friend, like try to break it down and find the root. Mm-hmm. And therefore it will be easier to find an approach and a personal action plan, not only to make people feel better, but to r- remind people that you have the tools in your toolbox to become the best version of yourself. So that's really something that I've been seeing over the last couple of months leading up to this pandemic. But also before that is get yourself a little shoe box, call it your worry box, write down your worry notes, put your worry notes in your shoe box and then get a friend, whether it's professional help or just a friend, get someone, do not be alone, do not struggle alone and do not isolate. And like Like even how you spoke about, um, you spoke about like having Uh, like plans and tools something like my psychologist did with me was we have these things called smart goals and it's really small achievable goals and literally one of my goals was walk the dog I had to walk the dog twice a week and when I get to her the next week she'd be like did you walk the dog so goals don't have this is something I just wanted to add and like goals don't have to be these massive things of like get a six-pack start a business start a podcast it can be something as simple as get dressed every day mm-hmm. or and that's as, when we start touching when we start talking about depression i think soon you people will realize that how anxiety and depression techniques and tools and solutions might be very different but it also interlinks mm-hmm. and i actually touched on that in in the next section we'll be talking about is um like like find something to care about whether it's a plant, I love plants. So whether it's a plant because you can't let your plant die, whether it's a pet, whether it's a hamster, whether it's a fish, find something like your um, like your therapist told you. Go walk your dog twice a week yeah. because it often just motivates you to shift the the problem, to shift the focus off yourself, off yep. your thoughts, off your worries onto something else. Whether it's something like a plant. Yeah, that's so good. Sure, man. I I feel like if you weren't super encouraged, you need to go back and listen to all of that again. <laughs> you know what? I've, you know, just something random on the like, just something to throw in here. Something I've realized over the time, especially because we are all isolated. Um, whether you're an introvert or extrovert, whether you're loving it or not, the power of technology has become so handy during this time. I've been seeing a few clients over the last two weeks, yeah. and um, just like even interacting like me and you right now online helps so much mm-hmm. so whether lockdown is going to end next week or not or whatever 
Do not think that you only need to find help when this whole pandemic is over. Find help now. Like reach out, whether it's to Nicole or whoever, reach out because it doesn't help. Um, like online therapy, online counseling is just as powerful as one-on-one in person. So yeah. I just want you guys to be encouraged with that too. Oh no, I'll be I'll be skyping my psychologist next week. We like we sit like for the same day, the second Wednesday of every month is my session. And like the second Wednesday, it's still lockdown next week, next week, Wednesday. So I'm going to be Skyping her because being in the same room for me, it's more about actually speaking about what's going on and her bringing perspective into it for me. Man, definitely. And I mean, it doesn't definitely have to agree. be a professional. It, my mom used to do this before I moved out and grew up, grew up. Like she would, she would just allow me to process everything that was going on and she'd bring a wiser perspective into it. So that's maybe my one tip for people is maybe reach out to someone a bit older than you. Someone a bit. And we are very good. Very good. Yeah. Sorry, like, I'm interrupting you. If you're going to reach out to a friend, like don't reach out. I'm just going to say like, if you're 18, don't reach out to your 16 year old best friend. This would be the time I'd encourage you to reach for someone older with a bit more life experience who, you know, lives a holistic life. So someone who you know is actually going to bring good perspective. If that's a parent, that's a parent. If it's professional help, it's professional help. If it's just an older, wiser friend, an older, wiser friend is also great. Yeah, that's excellent. I would, I 100% agree with what you just said. Even me, like if it's not for the older people in my life, whether it's my mom, my mother-in-law, um, whoever, mm-hmm. it's literally like it help, it's helping me so much. Um, and it, like choose someone just choose someone you relate to and I think like that's so powerful because yeah maybe you don't maybe you don't have um chronic depression or chronic anxiety but you're just struggling now with everyday worries um find someone that's that's amazing yeah okay so we also like we've we've planned this beforehand because we wanted to talk about both anxiety and depression because mental health is becoming a lot more prominent in people's lives during this time. That's how I wanted to say it. Not that people are suddenly going to have these things, but they'll be experiencing what people who do have the illnesses go through normally. So that can be quite a big shock to someone. If you're not used to having anxiety or depression, it can suddenly be like, what is this? What's going on? And if you do like, this is a great place for them to just like be able to give you guys some advice as to be able to give you some advice. Her as a professional, me with experience. So let's talk about depression. Depression. Oh, depression. <laughs> the D word. <laughs> so, um, I bet you there's so many people listening to this right now that has struggled with some form of anxiety or depression. Like just want to put it out there. So you, you guys who are listening, who have gone through this before, you might even be the more professionalized people than, than I am because I'm um, just to be real and honest. I've never, I have struggled with the form of anxiety before, but I've never struggled with depression. So I've actually had to do a lot of research and a lot of training in the field of depression before working with, um, with clients or individuals just on a day-to-day basis. But I do believe um, with some experience and some knowledge that um, I can just maybe give you guys a few tri- tricks and, and tips, but I also want you guys to reach out to us. So after you've listened to this, actually share with us like what has helped you because your story and what you've gone through can encourage and help so many other people. So I just want to tell you guys that and put that out there before I start touching on depression. Um, so before some guys, 
I just want to say that like you don't need to have suffered from depression to be able to encourage people and help people like the people who helped me the most are people who genuine generally haven't been through it but they have such deep sympathy and compassion for me that that's really all that matters. It is something because it is a medical condition that can be broken down. So a doctor doesn't have to have suffered something to be able to help. Yeah. Neither does someone with medical experience. So that's like something I wanted to say that just because like some, you haven't gone through it, it doesn't mean you don't have like any authority to speak over it. It is something that can be researched, can be learned about. And like the techniques and stuff that you speak about, it really does help. The people who've helped me are not people who've been through it. They're people who've educated themselves on it. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's the thing. When speaking about depression, you have to know that depression and anxiety often goes hand in hand together. So it might not be, um, it's likely that you maybe even experience both at the same time. And um, as many know, there's different forms of depressions. Mm -hmm. But in short, depression can be seen as a disorder with a persistent depressed mood and a loss of interest in activities which can cause impairments in one's daily life. So it's might not, you, once again, don't self-diagnose, but if you're, going, if you're having a bad day and you're feeling sad this, today because you're just feeling sad or girls, maybe you're on your period or something, I don't know, um, you, that, doesn't, that doesn't mean you have depression, okay? The, that's the important part with what I'm saying is it causes an impairment, it causes a disruption, it causes change, bad negative change in one's daily life. Um, and obviously we can we can go deeper into this, but I just also want you guys to know that there is biological, psychological and social causes that mm-hmm. can cause depression. Um, and therefore everyone's depression might look different and need different help. Um, but one thing I want to focus on is depression is no small thing. Mm-hmm. It is not a joke. Um, and it's definitely not something I would wish upon anyone. Depression is dangerous, it's ugly, and it can lead to so many other things. So even if uh, while I'm speaking, you might um, like see, oh, you might realize uh, like signs in your life or in your mind or in your heart even, or in someone else's that they might be leaning towards depression, might not be like chronic depression, but um, just some form of depression, like reach out. Mm-hmm. Um, because the scary part is worldwide, depression has affected over 300 million people. And the, the stats are just growing and growing, but I'm not here to share facts with you. I'm more here to share my heart and my mind with you guys. And that's the scary thing because we all do know of someone who has or still is struggling with depression yeah. and many deal with it on their own while others make it a lifestyle and then cope with it behind doors. And that's what breaks my heart. You are not um, like I would hate for someone to go through something like depression and their recovery from depression to mental freedom, as I call it, um, alone. And therefore, when you're coping with um, depression, your coping with depression is difficult. And I can't give someone a five-step solution to get better. Yeah. Yet, like I've said before, no one should deal with depression by themselves. And therefore, it's so important to reach out and then also stay connected. Mm-hmm. So maybe if you've mentioned it to your mom or a professional or to Nicole or whoever you find comfortable speaking to, mention it, but then stay connected. Mm-hmm. It's not just saying, oh, I have depression or I have the symptoms or oh, blah, 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 and then not speaking about it again. Mm-hmm. And the thing is... You should never allow guilt and shame to stand in your way of finding mental freedom. Mm-hmm. And if you have gone through depression or if you're currently going through it now, it's not something that you should feel shameful about or feel guilty about. And like, it's, and it's then, a real thing. I think yeah. what you say there is so important. Like, 
depression is a real thing. It's, mm. it's not a trendy hashtag on Instagram. It's real. And it's not something yeah. you have to be ashamed of. Once again, it's a medical condition. It's like having diabetes and not taking your insulin and eating a ton of sugar and wondering why things are going wrong. Definitely. And that's the thing, small things um, or something that might seem small to me might seem massive for someone who's struggling with depression. Yeah. So small things, like we've mentioned before, getting a pet or going for coffee with a friend. Mm -hmm. Those are everyday life activities. That's like silly for me. It's like part of my lifestyle, but it can, it's massive and major in someone's life that is struggling with some form of depression. Like, can I and that's the thing. Those, yeah, so speak. They're like, You've, if you're on this channel, you've heard my testimony, how Jesus saved me from depression and like last, well, not from depression, from suicide and I still have depression. But like last year when I was really struggling, some of my friends dragged me out of my house one night and made me go for a spontaneous bra at the beach of which they didn't have plates. They didn't have cutlery. We drank literally out of one bottle because we'd forgotten cups. And I got home from that and I was just so shook and so grateful because that had like reminded me what it felt like to be loved and to be alive. And like when I got home, I was like, man, people, I think I had like a long prayer session where I was just like thanking the Lord for people because that's also to people who are listening who don't like have this, you can be there for someone else. No, so just like you mentioned, so yeah, there's definitely, there's definitely two perspectives on this conversation. And, uh, and so when you, when, if you're still listening, like I want you guys to realize like you can be the one, you can be the victim or you can be the, the, like, the person, the patient right now struggling with depression or anxiety, but you can also be the support. You can also be the friend, the mother, um, the girlfriend, the boyfriend, the whoever mm-hmm. who's on the other side. Yeah. Um, and that's so important to know that there's two perspectives to this topic. Yep. And that's the thing, like you've said, Nicole, those small everyday things, that is the stuff that motivates and encourage you to realign your thoughts yep. and to actually rewrite your story and to transform your mind. And like we've mentioned before, you are still in that journey. And I think you have so much to share when it comes to realigning your thoughts and, you know, rewriting your identity, um, well, as someone that does not struggle with it before. And, and I think I'm just going to be like a little bit really real right now, okay. but um, often, and, and please give your opinion on someone who is struggling with it too, but often I say to people and a lot of people don't like me saying this, but fake it until you make it. So even if it comes to a point in your, in your journey of struggling with depression, where you have to preach to yourself in your mirror and say to say to yourself, even though I'm feeling like crap right now, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to, I'm going to, this, today's going to be a good day. Today, I'm going to think positive thoughts. Today, I'm going to water my plants. Today, I'm going to go to the beach for a walk. Today, and even though you might be crying while doing it, you are still doing it. Yes. So even though you have to put a smile on your face, so obviously there's a time and a place. Please be real and authentic and super vulnerable. So cry if you have to. Lock yourself in your bedroom for five minutes if you have to. But also, sometimes you have to pick yourself up. You have to look yourself in the mirror and you have to literally stare in your own eyes and say, like, I'm going to just do it. Like literally, I know it sounds so harsh and I'm so sorry if I'm being so straightforward, but that I've seen, I've seen that work so many times. We just have to be real with yourself before you can start being real with others. And like, I can just testify to that. That's something, especially when I'm going through a depressive episode, that's something I have to do. I wake up in the mornings and I'm just like, I don't want to get out of bed. 
I feel overwhelmed. I feel exhausted. And I will, I'll pep talk myself through my morning. I'll be like, okay, you're going to clean your room one because a clean room just, it sounds so silly, but making your bed and cleaning. Amen. Amen. It makes the biggest difference. And honestly, that's all you did that day. You, you achieved something. So I will be like, okay, have to clean my room and make my bed. And by clean my room, I mean, put my laundry in the laundry bin and take my like dishes to the kitchen. You don't have to go crazy and get the vacuum cleaner. It's just making sure your space is neat. And then I'll make my bed. And I'll be and like, that's one thing. It's so good. That's what I wanted to talk, talk, like just touch on now. And I'll actually share this link with you so you can share it to the world. But um, making your bed when you wake up in the morning, do not like, okay, so we're all different. But no matter your personality, um, don't like try when you wake up and you're awake, get out of bed and make your bed. Like, don't say, I'm going to make my bed at, like, 12 o'clock or 1 o'clock, or making your bed the first thing when you wake up, and, like, it's proven, it's been proven over and over again when you wake up, and the first thing you do in the day is make your bed. Automatically, it activates those thoughts that says, and it activates those stimuli that says, okay, like, I've done one activity. Like, check. It's yeah. like, a, like you know, it's almost putting yourself into that rhythm of, okay, what can I do next? Okay, let me make a cup of tea. So, it's mm-hmm. making your bed it is so powerful. Um, so, and yeah, just want to... You, you don't have to make there. your bed like you're in the military. My bed is, no. like, really loosely made. I throw my pillows into the corner and, like, I drape yeah. my blanket over the bottom. Like, making your bed can look like whatever it looks like. You don't need to have 10,000 scatter cushions. It just means putting it in a way that if your mom walked in, you'd be like, Look, mom, my bed's made. No, definitely. And I think that's because that, obviously we have different type of listeners listening to this, but I think that's also something that just to quickly touch on um, before I'll give, get more, like give more tips. But um, if you, if you're living with your family or you're living with your partner um, or you're living alone, um, dealing with depression might seem, might look and seem different for each one. And especially when you're living alone. So if you might be a student living in a hostel or you might be a young adult just starting out working and you're staying in your first flat alone and you're struggling with depression as well as anxiety, like, um, like reach out to one of us and like we can even like talk deeper and more in depth with that because I think it's easy to like not easy I'm not speaking down or looking down at depression or anxiety at all but when you're surrounded with people automatically like small things showing your family that you've made your bed it can be a massive accomplishment and like a massive encouragement for you to carry on but when you're alone and you have no one seeing how you're moving forward it can sometimes be demotivating and it can sometimes not encourage you to actually get out of bed um and that's I think when it becomes so important to actually get a community around you like we've mentioned before get that older friend get that older mentor get that older whoever you want to call it or label it and even if it means taking a photo of your bed and saying for the next two weeks i'm doing a 21 day challenge and i'm going to take a picture of my bed my made bed and send it to you because that's going to motivate you to just carry on yeah so let's get into it so i feel like we did a pretty like great job of explaining what depression is how it affects people and we've now even started going into how to cope with it i mean we've just gone on a long tangent about making your bed but guys it matters it matters yeah it does it does yeah and so just like i'm just gonna give like four or five things like quick and easy okay so number one, and we've actually touched on most of this already, but it's just, if you want to write this down, jot it down, like stick it up on your fridge. But number one is get moving. I'm not going to go into that, but literally it's self-explanatory. Get moving. And then do things that make you feel good. A little bit of self-care has never harmed anyone. Um, like if, yeah, do things that make you feel good. 
And then very important, and um, I'm very excited to actually be studying and just specializing in this more, but um, start eating a healthy depression-fighting diet. Yeah. And that consists of a lot of things. Like, um, So when you're struggling with depression, and I think, Nicole, you can elaborate on that more sometimes, all you want to do is eat chocolate and line your bed and like eat chips. And if you're a savory person like me, you know, indulge in a big packet of like prawn chips from Woolworths but to actually also do some meal planning like prep like prep things that you want to eat next day like what you're going to have for breakfast so before you go to bed like actually say kids I'm going to I'm going to have oats with a banana for breakfast and automatically you've told yourself the evening before this is what I'm going to have for breakfast and so when you wake up no matter how you're feeling like even put it out on the counter in the kitchen like like put out the oats put out your bowl like do steps because you never know how you're going to feel like when you wake up the next day that's the thing so if you're already feeling in a good space do some prepping around the house um or around your space or in your room or wherever that's going to help you just take on that healthy depression fighting diet mm-hmm. um i'm not saying become vegan or vegetarian or whatever um but like just find balance your eating preferences excuse me find what works within your eating preferences like if you're a vegan exactly. find a diet that works if you're a vegetarian find a vegetarian diet that works if you like meat find a meat diet if you're a pescatarian find what works definitely. in your diet definitely and pinterest will become your best friend that's awesome oh you don't have to go see a dietitian no meal prep is amazing and then um I'm, just, I'm also going to link a dietitian below because i know someone she's amazing so mm. If you can afford it, if you want to, I'm going to link her in the description below. But if not, as Sim said, Pinterest is, Pinterest and YouTube are amazing. 100%. And then something's, and then the next two I'm just going to touch on is so, so, so silly, but it has helped. And I've even seen it in this last two weeks that we've been on lockdown. (laughs) It's even helped with me. Number one, get your daily dose of sunlight. So when you feel depression, you're feeling down, all you want to do is be in your room by yourself or in your lounge in front of the TV watching Netflix or whatever, um, or not even watching Netflix. But get yourself out of your house. You might not have a garden. You might not have... Um, you might not have anything. You might just have like a little stuff. Like you don't have to go for a walk or anything, but just go outside. Like go open your curtains and go outside. Whether it's for 20 minutes a day or for five minutes a day, I would I would advise at least 20 minutes to half an hour a day. But if the sun is shining, go sit outside. I'm going to, now I can add on to that and say, start reading a good book outside or tan or mm-hmm. journal. But but we are taking, we're taking, I'm, I want to speak to those who are currently struggling with this depression and um, saying to someone who's currently struggling, go find yourself a book and journal. It's great, but let's just take it one step at a time. And so get yourself outside, go sit but in the sun, put on a hat, nap, but get that, get that vitamin going because it's so good for you that sunshine on your body the fact that you're going to sit outside and look at the clouds and the fact that you're going to hear a bird outside and mm-hmm. you might stare at your neighbors i don't know but like you you need to get yourself outside and then lastly i just want to talk on be kind to yourself only you really know what you're going through and we've touched on that before the depression looks different for everyone but you need to be kind to yourself don't feel like me i'm a go-getter and i'm a to-do list person but i can only imagine someone like me going through depression um don't put so much pressure on yourself like no take that mountain on your shoulders and like take it off Mm -hmm. and just be kind to yourself so or set yourself goals and 
do your thing and speak to people but truly honestly just be real with yourself and with that be kind to yourself um in any form that looks like just yeah yeah man so good so good this has been such a great conversation even if no one else enjoys this i feel so encouraged (laughs) I'm loving this. I'm I'm please please invite me again. (laughs) Let's talk about other things. (laughs) I'm ready. Um, And and yeah, I think yes. Sorry. No, go go. And um and I just last thing I want to touch on, and then you you can ask me questions. But I just want to quickly emphasize on this while I'm being very serious. Mm -hmm. I just want to say it again, like I've mentioned so many times before in this conversation. You are not alone. You are not the only one struggling with this. And one thing that we've learned, I've been seeing this a lot in addiction and crisis and trauma counseling and just in normal counseling is you need to take one day at a time. Like remember that one day at a time. Do not plan for the next month. Um, Take one day at a time because every day is going to come with its struggles and every day is going to come with its challenges. But if you can overcome today, you're going to have the hope and the courage to overcome tomorrow. And so no matter how tough life has been or what you're going through right now, you need to know that you've got this. I'm going to, when I do start, let me just quickly put some um, a sneak peek in there when I start my whole project that I'm busy with. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to have the hashtag, hashtag you've got this. Because that's one thing that I want to carry on saying to people until the day that you die or the day I die. Um, you've got this. Like you have the tools in your, to- your toolbox. You have the hope. You have the courage inside of you. And yeah. you've got this. So take one step at a time and hold on to that beauty that is still inside of you. Although you might not see it, it is still inside of you. And there's so much beauty in you and around you. So let that just be encouragement to whoever needs to hear that. Flipsum. That's super encouraging. So I think that's it. That was everything we planned to talk about today. Man, thank you. I love love this. This is awesome, Nicole. Thank you so much for signing on and like having this conversation. Like this has been amazing.